1: put so much effort in even the new year so far i love my church is on february 12th not only our buckets but we always say buckets and beyond i wonder what love gift god is going to place on your heart uh, to give that night and we'll have the buckets and beyond And by the way it is difficult not to be building but i just believe you bought into this thing and i'm so grateful for you but we will be building, but by God's grace, we won't be taking out mortgage payments. And we'll get some housing for our staff. We'll get the front out done here so we can have an elevator and the match that building with this building. We'll get the, uh, the, we'll get the uh, Memorial Chapel up. I'm praying so much for this corner building. Brother Reimers told us tonight in teachers' meeting, we're ready to start and begin 10 more classes, Sunday school classes. Both properties are just jammed. We're in lobbies. We're everywhere. We we just have no space. And we have about a quarter of a million square feet of space, but it's just filled. And so we're praying for this corner that God would give it to us and turn it into a big Sunday school building and lecture halls. It would be great. Well, we're in Proverbs 29 tonight. And come on, if you will, Brother Luke Key, you sing for us, if you will. Good song, and we'll look forward to hearing it.
2: away the clouds of fear and gave to me a song. Then he promised always to took my sin away, and he will do the same for you. Oh, I never shall forget the hour, his saving grace, his cleansing Well, wait.
1: Let's bow for prayer. Father, I thank you for our people and for all they mean to me personally, and I thank you for their sacrifice in in so many areas. I thank you for the way they were so appropriate this morning with our police and law enforcement. I'm so very grateful for them and proud of their dignity, proud of their response, proud of their kindness. I believe it's a morning that these men and women will never forget. We thank you for North Valley Baptist Church. I pray your blessing upon now this message. And then, Lord, as I have the joy in a few moments to enter the baptism, we're so very great for the grateful for the baptistry, for those that have trusted Christ and have been baptized, and others that will be baptized yet tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs chapter 29 Beginning in verse 18, the Bible says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law happy is he. A servant will not be corrected by words. Though ye understand, he will not answer. Seest thou a man hasty in his words? There is more hope of a fool than of him. He that delicately bringeth up a servant from a child shall have him become a son at length. An angry man stirreth up strife. A furious man aboundeth in transgression. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Whoso is partner with the thief, hateth his own soul. He heareth cursing, and bereath it not. The fear of a man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Every one of us in this year of 2023 must live our lives with a vision. And I'm coming to you on this vision night on behalf of that, a vision from the youngest one here to the eldest. Everyone must have a vision. A vision always deals, the word vision means sight or to see. With your life, you have to look ahead and see. With my life, I have to look ahead and see. The youngest, the eldest, there must be a vision. Yet we live in a day where it's visionless. We live in a day where it seems like there's no goal. Uh, This report, and Brother Sly, we will forever be indebted for what you have done the last many years, the last decade. He's held the line and, and, and consequently relief is coming for God's people. We'll still have push. We'll still raise funds because a church cannot get fat and sassy. There has to be a vision. There has to be goals. But what we can do with worldwide missions is going to be amazing. What we can do with the radio, one of these police officers today was here, and his wife was here and their children, and she said, you know what, I remember coming to a youth conference here. I got saved in a sister church up in in Santa Rosa, and I looked at her husband and said, when did you get saved? He says, I was visiting that church two years ago and got saved. She said, I remember the preaching here so much and the singing here so much. I remember youth conference. And being here today was just such a blessing to our family. I thank God for the fact that you have always had a vision for young people. My vision for the school has not diminished at all. I want to go to elementary chapel. I want to go to high school chapel college chapel by teaching a couple of classes this year this semester uh, it, it, there has to be a desire the word vision is sight it's the word revelation it's the word to picture what it could be or should be in the near future we always if you're going to do something you never look at the beginning you always look at the end I try to look at the end my entire life the the last day I'm going to be alive. You heard me years ago I envisioned all our family would be together. I envisioned that I'd like to die on a Sunday night after church. I'd like to have all the family there and their mates there and the grandkids there and have uh, salami sandwiches and turkey sandwiches and cheese, and, and, and uh, have pizza and have popcorn with five pounds of butter and 10 pounds of salt. And if it's not floating, you did not do it right. And I'd even break into having a, a bottle of root beer. I don't really drink carbonated drinks, but have that. I, I'm really looking forward. To having a whole family there and say, Well, go through the house. And I've told you this, I haven't told you in years, but and and say to all the kids something good about everyone. And I love you so much. And I'm going to miss you. And then come to my wife last Cindy, you've been such a great wife. I'll see you later. Then die. (laughs) But I try to live for the last day. I don't want to live for the immediate. The end of a thing, the Bible says, is better than the beginning. I want my kids to look back and say, my dad was a good dad. My papa was a good papa. I'd like it to be said that pastor loved us and he shepherded us. And tonight, there has to be a vision. Everyone in this room must possess a vision. I was in elementary chapel last week, and I just love your kids and I can't tell you what a great job you're doing with those kids. And we're studying animals last semester, now this semester. Last week was the the lamb. Found uh, over a hundred sometimes, the lamb or the sheep in the Bible. And we have a video for about three to four minutes every week on whatever the animal is. And they learn things. We learned last week there's one billion sheep on planet Earth. Uh, we, we learned about the weight of an animal or the lifespan. We've learned that the the, the the lamb or the the sheep is the most ignorant of all animals. And isn't it something we're called sheep, all like sheep have gone astray. If one sheep walks over the edge, the rest follow. If they get close to the, the cliff and just walk off, the rest will just follow. We found that the, the, the cow will remember If you mistreat a cow and you come back a couple years later, the cow remembers who you are and he's not forgiving. But if you're kind to the cow, the cow will be kind to you. The pig is the smartest of all animals, we're told. And we can even use its body parts for heart valves and different things of that nature. It's an amazing thing, and I love going to chapel. And Brother Finera has a quiz, the, The Animal of the Day, And we take the quiz of the day. (laughs) I don't know how it happens. It normally winds up the boys against the girls. And every week it seems like the boys, yes, you've got it. They lose. Um, I don't know all about that. Last week of all the things, Brother Martinez, our theme song this year is, Old McDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. And, we, we, and then we sing courses and songs and the teeth of the week and the, and the birthdays of the week. And, and uh, it's, I, I just love it. I, they inspire me. The teachers all give a personal uh, three to four minute, five minute trait of the week and they teach about respect or obedience or loving your parents. It, it's just, it's amazing. And last week I said, kids, this is our first chapel. Now what's your goal? This year, or really, what's your vision? You would be shocked if you heard what those kids said. And they weren't just foolish things. Several said, "My goal is to read the entire New Testament." Brother Frenero, you were there, it just encouraged me. We had several say, "I want to read the older kids. I'm, to, I'm I'm working to read the whole, whole entire Bible." We had one boy. And he said, my goal, I heard you say afterwards, son, that was a wonderful goal. My goal is to get a 90% or higher on every quiz and every test. That tells me parents have talked to them about something. Those kids had so many goals, what they want. That's what adults need. Don't let the day come to you. You go today without a vision. Without a vision, the, the, the people perish. A husband and I get where I'm going, but a husband needs a vision this year. A wife needs a vision. Parents need vision. Do you want your kids to see the state capitol and go to Sacramento and go in those halls and learn about it? Do you want to take your kids to Washington, D.C.? I know we all go to Disneyland, all this. You want to go see Mount Rushmore? Wow, what a place that is. Want to go see? uh, uh, You want to go see uh, Yellowstone, or you want to go see uh, the uh, Yosemite? Uh, You want to see the ocean? What's your vision for your kids with your family? What's your vision for your finances? What's your vision for saving money and buying a house? And by the way, it's not a bad time to buy But the interest rates, yeah, you'll refinance. And I'm not the one to get advice on. Hey, there needs to be a vision for every parent, every employer, every pastor, every principal, every bus director, every teenager. There needs to be a vision. College student, staff member, church Christian. Without a vision. There's something that's very terrible that takes place. Would you read with me to the word perish? twenty-nine, eighteen? Ready? Begin. Where there is no vision. What's the last word we just read? That's anguish. I have such a vision for your life. I have a vision for the word of God, how we're gonna uh, do our best to grow people in the word of God. Get you strong for the perilous times that are coming. And they will come. So that you'll do, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So you'll not quit on the things of God. You see, this crowd is great tonight. in The balcony, what a good crowd up there. But you know, next year if the Lord carries you this coming, some even in this very room will not be going and attending God's house. You'll get mad at church, or you'll get mad at the things of God, and, and you're maybe serving in the bus route or a Sunday school class or in the choir, or serving, and you're going to be out of church. I don't want to die out of church. I want to be in the house of God. you know when you don't have a vision, there's consequences. The word is perish. There's consequences. I want you to see the consequences, and we'll be done. Look at the consequences, verse 19. A servant will not be corrected. You know, when a person doesn't have a vision, you won't be corrected. I, if we had time, we'd go back to uh, chapter number 9, verses 7, 8, and 9. You, you don't rebuke a man that doesn't want it. He'll hate you. But you know, a man that has a vision for his life as a husband or for his life as a father a man that has a vision will have a wife say, Honey, I can remember one night, my, one time, my wife said to me years ago when the kids were little, she said, Honey, I, 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 you're a good husband. And, and I knew it was coming, but she said, Sometimes, sometimes I feel like, and you, you don't know this, but sometimes you have a preacher's voice with the kids. You never yell, you, you don't yell, but you're just sort of loud with the kids. And, and she said, I don't think you're going to want to do And you know what? She was right. I don't think uh, my wife and Tabitha are in the nursery, I believe, tonight. But I don't think I scared the kids. But, but she, I, I didn't want to have a voice like that. I, I didn't want to have a voice that would, it would sort of bother them. And, you know, at that particular time when she corrected me or told me about that, I didn't have a proud spirit, but so often you get a proud spirit where no one's telling me, and God says here, when there's no vision, I'll tell you what happens. You you, you, you cannot correct a person. The Bible says uh, the servant will not be corrected. Who do you think you are telling me? Who do you think you are, little woman, telling me? Who do you think you are, husband, telling me? I want to be corrected. I, I, want, I want staff members to feel like, uh, no, I, I'm supposed to lead. I know that. I'm supposed to lead them. And, but I want them to say, Pastor, you may want to think about it this way. And I know by the flood I held him the day he was born, and he would never be rude to me, ever. He is so respectful, probably too respectful. But I tell you what, I know that he could tell me something. Maybe we ought to consider it this way. And he's being very gentle wherever he went. Uh, where are you, Brother Flood? Uh, he's somewhere here. But, but he's very gentle. Brother Finery. you're the same way. You would never be rude to me. All of our staff, but I want, to, I want to be corrected. If I was up here and I had something I kept saying, and um, and, um, and, um and um, you know, and um, and um, and um, and uh, and um, I want to tell you this, and um, I want to tell you this. I want to tell. You, I was with the preacher, and I felt like liberty because he asked me what 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 should I, and I I, I didn't want to tell him. I said, well, I'm going to treat treatment or something. And the next year I came back, and and he asked me again, what do you what do you, I want you to tell me? Well, the preacher, he was a good preacher, and he still is a good preacher. He's a great preacher. The great church. Built great building, but he kept saying, Amen. Bless God and Amen. I want you, Amen. I want to tell you the Bible says, Amen. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, Amen. The people perish, Amen. And I want you to know that in the Bible, Amen. And he just drives you 200 times in a message, Amen, Amen. It just drives you crazy. I love that man. I knew he was very sincere, and I said, I'm going to hurt you and wound you, but I said, I don't really go around the country telling, correcting preachers, but I believe you want this. And I said, are you aware you say amen all the time? You know, he changed that. That's a man with a vision. When your husband will not listen to you, there's not something wrong with you, there's something wrong with him. When a teacher cannot correct you, when a parent cannot correct you, when a boss, it's going to be World War III. If I tell him, I know I'm going to pay for it. The Bible says where there's no vision, you reject correction. Look at verse 20, uh, verse number 20. When there's no vision, he's hasty in his words. Visionless people do not want to be hasty because they don't want to ruin the vision. Vision, people, people with vision, we, 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 we contemplate. We're not so quick to just mouth off. Well, that's just the way I am. I just like to say things. I like to say my mind. Well, hold it. You don't have that much to give away. You know, visionless people, number three, are argumentative. An angry man, verse 22, stirreth up strife. When, when you're always... Liking trouble. I thrive on trouble. I thrive on being argumentative. It's because you don't have a vision. Notice the fourth thing that happens. You get prideful. Verse number 23. A man's pride shall bring him low. So how do I know you have a vision? How do you know if I have a vision? Well, it's just the opposite of that. It's just the opposite. I'm almost done where there is no vision, picturing how it could be or should be in the new future, Uh, where where there's no revelation, where there's no sight. Uh, You know, know, when when I have a vision, it's just the opposite of these four. I will seek correction. I will seek to be slow. Slow and and, and wait on God and not make a mistake. I, I will seek to not be argued and argue about everything. I will, seek, I will seek to be humble before God and man. A preacher told me years ago, I was young. He said, Brother Treber, you should never try to make a mistake with your church, but when you're young, you'll probably make a financial mistake. Maybe you later figure out, I should have borrowed that money or built that building. Or, but, but when you're young, you probably can live it down. I think he was about 55 or 60 at the time. He said, but in my ministry, it was a large church, much larger than this, by thousands. He said, when you get older, son, you cannot live it down. You don't have a much time, all that time left. So you had to be slow. Oh, my father-in-law would irritate me. Oh, he was so slow. He, he got this idea he wanted to wait on God. Why do you want to wait on God? Let's go do something. Let's go build a building or tear one down. Or, but let's go do something. Well, well, we'll pray about that. Bobby Robertson was that way. Bobby Robertson, well, Brother Jack, we'll just slow down here. We'll just think about it. Well, how long are you going to think? Oh, a while. I remember Jack Kyle sitting to me years ago, Brother Treber, you need to expand. And you need to expand right here on Clyde Avenue. I said, No, I don't want to do that. I need more place, more space. So the next year he came, I had blueprints for him. And I said, Here's what we could do. And he said, We covered this last year, didn't we? That's not the answer. No, that's not the answer. And it sort of bothered me. I mean, I waited a year, and you popped the bubble right off the bat. But you know, the next year he came, God gave me direction. I was on the platform, and he was preaching, and I wrote myself some notes real fast during his preaching and drew a little sketch. And on the way to the airport, I said, Here, you're a preacher, and I said, I think I listened wasn't that good, but I said, I think I lived. But And I said, here's what I think God gave me. He goes, that's it. That's it. Do it. And he came back one year later, and it was done. We had 500 more seats to that auditorium. Some of you are too fast. Well, I tell you what, i gotta, I got I to gotta go here. i got to go there. i gotta, I got to gotta buy this. i gotta, I got to sell. It's sort of like the car salesman, end of the year. You know what? This is the last day. We've got this car, and it's a special. You've got to buy it today. Well, there it is two weeks later. It's still sitting there. God wants us to have a vision. You know, the word vision is, is throughout the Bible with Abraham. The word vision, Abraham and Nathan and Hezekiah and Job and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and Obadiah. Their vision, Nahum and Habakkuk and Zechariah and Ananias and Paul and Peter and John, they all had vision. Not long ago, I told the college students this. There was, in closing, a Robert Moffat went to Africa. He had been there years, and he came home on furlough and was in London preaching. And as he's preaching... He went to school, university, and medical students were there. One medical student was ready to graduate, high honors. While he was preaching to those kids about Africa and the need to go reach Africans for Christ, he said, I get up in the morning and I can see a thousand villages where smoke is rising every day from the outside little kitchens. I see a thousand villages with smoke rising every day. And then he said this to those students, and they've never heard the name Jesus. And you're in these universities and colleges and you're preparing great things with your life. It may be the field of medicine, that's a good thing, But what am I going to say to these thousand villages without the hope? A young man was sitting there ready to graduate. His name was David Livingston. Everybody knows that great missionary. And David Livingston said, I'll go to those 1,000 villages. He went to Africa and gave up his medical degree. In time he married Moffat's daughter. God brought her to him and they were in Africa. When he died, the Africans said, we'll ship his body back home. But they removed his heart, and they said, because his heart is going to be buried here. That man had a vision for Africa. What's your vision? Is your vision to learn how to win someone to Christ? I'll never forget when in my first soul to Christ as an adult married man, I was so ashamed of myself because I didn't know how to do it. I can remember coming here on March the 1st, 1976, and I preached here in February around I Love My Church, now the date, but I, I preached on March the 1st we came here. There was 20 people. I could recall every day at one o'clock going out door knocking. And I'm ashamed to tell you this. It took me 11 days. I tried to win people of Christ. But right next to the post office over here on Eisenhower. I knocked on the door of James and Diana Broussard. You'd remember them, Brother Van Dyke, I'm sure. Handsome couple. And I went in the house and I said, James, Diane. And I began to witness to them. You know, Maria, you would have been here in those days. You lived right there. I remember so very vividly, they were just so open to the gospel. That day they bowed their head and got saved, and they came on Sunday, I baptized, and they became bus workers and faithful for many years till they moved away. I'll never forget winning them to Christ. What a a thrill. I'll never forget that first Sunday in in February preaching here. We had about 20 adults in the auditorium that morning. And I preached for only the second time in my life publicly. I preached John 3, 16. And Brother Travis, there had to only be 20 or 25 there that morning. The children were out, just basically adults. And I saw Foster and Pat Hansen, and they're still living for God in Virginia, this was 46, 47 years ago. And they came forward with the invitation. I'd never, Brother Manuel, i never had that done in my life. I hadn't preached. And they came forward. And we're weeping, said, so we want to get saved. And then in that little crowd, another adult came, and then another adult. We had five that first Sunday morning. I preached three times that day, Acts chapter 12 in Sunday school. John three sixteen on Sunday morning in Ephesians chapter number six the warfare the armament of God in chapter six on Sunday Wednesday night a Sunday night and I said Lord at the end of the day I'd like to do this the rest of my life. God gave me a vision that day. What's your vision, brother? Slide knows because I don't know how to use the computer. I. I'll call him starting about November or September. Where am I at with my giving, our giving? And then I drive him crazy the last couple of weeks. Where am I at? I'm keeping track of where am I at? Because I had a vision where I wanted to wind up this year. What's your vision? People perish without a vision.
0: It's up to you.